welcome to the crossover of the Hoop Collective and the low post post game game one of the NBA Finals. It wasn't much of a game, sadly. Lakers win by 18 points, although it wasn't that close. Uh, joining me from the bubble, courtside in Orlando, very happy to have Doris Burke, who's just moments ago finished calling this game on ESPN Radio. Doris, thank you so much for joining us. Good to be with you and Zach, Wendy. Uh, it was an interesting first six minutes where it looked like the Miami Heat uh, had presented some challenges, and then Dwight Howard checks out. They downsize. They rip off that 75-30 run, and now you've got a couple of uh, people, Goran Dragic and Bam Adebayo, who look like those injuries may, may be significant. We'll see what happens. But, boy, did that change midway through the first. 75-32 or whatever is not a run, Zach. That's a marathon. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a game. Is, that's basically a game uh, until the Kendrick Nunn garbage time experience uh, got it to be nominally close. And, you know, to me, the stories are obvious, like the injuries. If those guys are injured and it's serious, like if one of them's out for a bit or if one of them's out and one of them's limited or if both of them are just not themselves – uh, we could be done with this series pretty fast. And I just think, you know, the biggest story of the bubble, the biggest story of the season maybe has just been after the Heat got to 25 points, the Lakers just absolutely locked down defensively. They're everywhere. They're connected. They switch when they should switch. They don't switch when they shouldn't switch. They help each other and recover. And AD, you know, it's who cares who the most dominant player on the floor is between AD and LeBron. They're both dominant. But AD is just everywhere on defense and destroyed them on offense or parts of the game. Their, de their defense has just been sensational. Well, they didn't have uh, – Eric Spolstra did not give injury updates after this game, which is not surprising. Um, I don't know anything, but I, the way I saw Dragatry made me wonder – I'm going to say that very carefully – made me wonder if that wasn't a plantar fascia injury, um, which I've seen before, which is not the worst non-contact injury you can have to your foot. But if he has a plantar fascia injury, that could be the series for him. And uh, Bam, I have no idea other than that seems to be a re-aggravation of an injury he had before. Um, and also, look, let's not forget Jimmy Butler. He turned that ankle over pretty hard, DB. And who knows how he's going to feel tomorrow. I mean, Eric Spolster's got two pretty big meetings tomorrow. One is going to be with uh, his coaches as they try to figure out a game plan going forward. The other is going to be with his team doctor, who's in the bubble, who's going to be giving him briefings on these injuries. Yeah, and listen, I uh, watched the video of the Goran Dragic injury about six or seven times because even when we went to break, they were trying to find the injury on replay to run it back on the television broadcast. There, at first, I thought he stepped hard on Rajan Rondo's foot, and then you look at it, and he barely touched the foot. And the way he looked back, and we wouldn't want to speculate either, uh, Brian, but I just hated the way he looked down uh, at that at that uh, foot. Well, and, uh, if you look at the video, Doris, he does have some movement in his calf, like we saw. With Kevin don't say it, don't year. say it. Don't well, say look, it. He, didn't, he didn't collapse like that. Um, it just, it reminded me of, actually, who was watching the game tonight, in the, it reminded me of a game that Pau Gasol had the same injury um, uh, in, 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 when he was with the Lakers, where he sort of stepped funny and, and, and had that plantar fascia in, injury. And I want to point out that uh, 
Dragic has been dealing with a left foot injury while in the bubble. Uh, I think they called it an ankle, but who knows what else it was. So it may have been weakened, and sometimes weakened ankles lead to problems, especially in your 30s. So um, that's a big thing, especially for guys going to be a free agent. But no matter what, it's going to be a problem. Uh, Zach, the Heat's game plan uh, really was undone pretty fast here. They, they decided to switch everything. And it left Anthony Davis to just attack. And then when Tyler Hero, poor Tyler Hero, came into the game, LeBron hunted him like, uh, you know, like a lion to uh, Impala. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're asking sort of like what the Heat can do, right? Like that's other than be healthy. Number one is I think we might see Bam start on Anthony Davis because they just can't let Anthony Davis get cooking like that. Um, it was way too easy for LeBron to just get a pick and roll from one of his guards and the heat, they tried to hedge that and it didn't work. The rotations behind the play weren't good enough. They just got easy shot after easy shot after easy shot. Um, and, you know, we'll see beyond that. I mean, there's, there's other things they can do. They obviously got off to a good start. Um, so, you know, but the health is going to be everything. The four for six against Crowder in the first half, he goes one for one in transition. I was interested that you didn't see Bam on on AD initially. Um, yeah, I mean, and listen, I I thought he might start small in the second half, and he comes right back with Dwight, and Dwight was much better, Zach, in the second half. I thought the speed of Bam initially was problematic for him. Dwight did not look good. For he looked a little lurchy, like a little lurchy for parts of the game. But if he's if he's on point, like I don't see the Heat having a or the Lakers having a huge need to like rush to go small because Anthony Davis is fine guarding Crowder. He can rove. He can be everywhere. He can be at the rim and back to the three point arc. And if they start getting offensive rebounds and getting to the line a lot, like I think they could win. The reason I picked the Lakers really is. I thought they could win the series big, and I thought they could win the series small, and that scares me for any opponent um, of the Lakers. Well, what I think, what I think was going on there, they didn't want Bam in foul trouble. They well, saw he got what in foul trouble anyway. Well, that's the thing, the, you know. And Bam was playing. By the way, those two fouls were questionable. Um, on one, he I don't think he really touched Anthony Davis, and on the other, LeBron traveled. But okay, that's the nature of, of the game. You, you get that. But I think the idea was they didn't want him in a Jokic situation, which happened in the last round. Jokic is constantly in foul trouble. And I think once Bam got in foul trouble, he then started playing tentatively. He was not the same player after he got that second foul. They had to go into their bench, and their bench got, got rolled off the court. Look, we could probably talk scheme here for a while, and definitely Eric Spolstra, who is very good at making in-series adjustments, he will have some curveballs. But if, but if Anthony Davis and LeBron James are going to play like this, I don't think it's going to matter. If Anthony Davis is going to average 30 points in this series, as he did in the conference finals, I don't think they can, they can withstand it. That's well, just the bottom a, line. He had a play. AD, you know, speaking, speaking of the importance of Dragic, like Dragic is the ingredient that gives okay. Miami speed. Like Jimmy's pretty deliberate with the ball. Goran is the one that gets them from point A to point B fast. Like they just need that dimension. And the Dragic bam pick and roll obviously destroyed Boston. And AD had a play against that earlier in the game. I thought he was sensational when he was on bam dropping back and, and corralling that pick and roll. He had one play where, like, they didn't really have any help, and he baited Dragic into stopping his dribble, like, just inside the foul line. 
baited him into throwing the lob and then jumped and deflected the lob for a steal. And, like, if AD is playing like that and Dragic and those guys are limited, like, it, it could be a wrap. But I, I thought AD was just outstanding. Well, Doris, look, so AD plays awesome. LeBron almost has a triple-double, 25-13-9. And, and then in the first half, they shoot 11 of 17 on three as the Lakers. When they have, you know, KCP and Caruso and, and Markeith Morris uh, knocking down threes, I, that's not a beatable formula for the Heat. Doris may be frozen. You want me to just play the role of Doris? <laughs> I, uh, think might, I think we might have lost Doris. She's, uh, she's on the move there in Orlando. But go ahead, Zach. Go ahead. Not only that, but um, 14 free throws for the Heat. If they don't win the free throw battle, they're not going to win the series. Or if they, if, they, if they lose it by this margin, they're going to lose the series. The Heat were the number one free throw team in the league. Um, and they, they, again, 14 free throws is, is just not enough. And you know, look, the, the Lakers cooled off in the second half. I thought the Heat missed some good threes in the first half when the game started getting away from them a little bit. And to me, the, maybe the key stretch of the game was when LeBron went out in the first quarter. They were down 12-13, whatever they were. And their, their offense without LeBron is a little bit hit or miss or has been this season. I thought they ran good stuff with Anthony Davis, and they produced points. They trimmed the lead, and, like, that was a big stretch too. Yeah, and like, look, so Anthony Davis, 11 to 21, LeBron, 9 to 17, okay? Like, if you're the Heat, you're not going to sit there and say, oh, we're going to hold Anthony Davis to 12 points. But you can't allow Anthony Davis to be that efficient. You've just got to make a miss. And I thought that's what Bam Adebayo was going to be able to do. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists, who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click ranger.com or just stop by. Is this just going to be a coronation for AD and LeBron? I mean, I, don't, I, I never overreact to game one. I, I, I usually am at the end of game one saying, okay, let's – Let's just take it easy. Let's not uh, go crazy here. But, you know, I, you know, watching AD and LeBron in the last round, they just took a really good Nuggets team and they just put them in a sleeper hold. Is this just, is this just going to be a coronation for the next five or six days? Well, but remember what happened in game two of that series, right? I mean, game two is the AD buzzer beater game. Is it right. not? Like, so yeah. game two was there for the Nuggets. And I agree with you. I normally don't overreact to game ones either. I, I think the Heat have some adjustments to make in their bag. Whether they work or not is a different story. Just the simple math says game two would be a they're going to, there's going to be a game here somewhere where the Heat have a chance to win it in the last three minutes if the Heat are healthy. If the Heat are not healthy, the Heat were sneakily like uh, they asked me on I think the jump yesterday who's got the deeper bench, the Lakers or the Heat? And I said a month ago, two weeks ago, you would have laughed at that question. Going into this series, I think it might actually be the Lakers. I mean, you don't know who, what you're going to get from some of those guys every night, but you're all, they're all going to play. They're all going to get chances. The Heat were a seven-man team plus Solomon Hill by the end of the conference finals. If, if they lose or are li- if two of their starters are limited, you're not going to get this Kendrick I would Nunn argue and- that most teams are seven-man teams when you get to the conference finals and finals. Okay, fine. But if you lose, I mean, the Lakers aren't. The Lakers are playing nine, 10 guys every night and getting, you know, decent production from most of them, some of them. Um, but if you lose two, if any team loses two of its five Well, I'm starters, not saying you don't have 
nine guys come onto the court, but most teams are a seven man team. It's just a matter of if you have to go on, you know, outside that rotation, which for the heat means Kendrick Nunn, Kelly Olenek, do those buttons work? You know, can you know, can, you know, those are guys who have been effective. Um, you know, they don't need Kelly Olenek to have 15 and 10. Uh, but you're, are, you are asking a guy who was, you know, kind of deactivated for a reason, um, you know, but it's, it's just, it's, I, I think the Heat are a very deep team, <laughs> but if you take away, you know, two of their best players, Garan Dragic is their leading scorer and Bam Adebayo is, you know, in my view, their best player. So, um, you know, if those guys are hampered, it, it's a moot point, but it's more about um, whether or not you can, you can find something in, in a curveball that makes sense. Yeah, I mean they're gonna have to, but if they're not if they're not healthy, they're just don't they're not going to they're gonna have great difficulty getting back in the series against the Lakers team that is healthy. You know, I'm gonna cool the coronation talk until I see game two. Um, but you know, again, the health the health is everything. I mean, did we see anything else here that's worth remarking on in terms of interesting trends in the game stylistically? Anything else that stood out to you? You know, the whole the game was over so quickly. I mean, a 30-point a turnaround in 18 minutes, that's remarkable for a February game, you know, with a team in 12th place for the team in fourth place, much less for an NBA Finals game. So that is a – that to me feels like our big outlier uh, performance. But what if it's not? You know, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, – you know, I, I do think that the Heat had things go against them tonight that they can clean up. Also, they were just shell-shocked. Um, you know, a couple of their guys just were shell-shocked, whereas the Lakers guys, um, a lot of whom were playing in their first finals game, um, but obviously not all of them, uh, they seem to just handle it more with ease. When they got down by 13, they did not panic. Uh, and they had plenty of time. But when they get down by 13, they, and the, you know, Frank Vogel took LeBron out and they responded – when the when it, when the tide turned on the heat, their guys tightened up, especially Bam. Like you know, you can pick on Tyler Hero. Uh, he was he was thrown in the deep end of the pool and was thrashing around, but Bam got tight. You can't afford that. So um, I don't know where his health is going to be, but he has definitely got to rise up. And I do think the Heat has some stuff to to look at. They're going to see some stuff on film of their defense and say we gave up switches a little too easily against LeBron. Like when screens weren't actually set, we still switched Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero onto LeBron. Um, people have just stopped being able to get under screens against Rajon Rondo. Apparently it's not possible anymore. Like he keeps, he keeps making I, plays. I guess, table. I guess Rondo is um, a shooter now. I just, I mean, I, uh, I mean, there's been enough evidence. I mean, I don't know if he'll be a shooter next season, but he's a shooter now. And I, I don't, I guess you have to, play it that way I don't know and I give the Lakers credit too because when they sensed um the heat were gonna try not to switch you know they would roll hard to kind of force the switch and Caruso and Rondo made plays in open space and when they didn't switch when they hedged out those guys would roll into the lane and they made plays and sprayed the ball around didn't think the heat's the I thought the heat's hedging was weak not it didn't trouble LeBron at all it didn't make him he could see everything it was a total non-factor and I thought their rotations behind the play, like the late, they let the Lakers dictate everything. They were on their heels the whole game. And I think they can clean some of their, I think they can clean some of their defense up, but there's only so much you can do. Yeah. The Lakers are just a, a spectacular team. And when they play at the top of their game, 
beating them is going to be very difficult. That's that you know, they they didn't always play at the top of their game. You know, they had their role players are playing so much better than they did for so much of the season. Well, we have news here, Brian. Okay. Miami's Goran Dragic, according to Woj, has suffered a plantar a tear of his plantar fasciitis in his left foot, or he's seeing right. a plant a plantar tear of the left foot, which I assume is what that means. And if that's the case, that's I mean that just that just sucks, man. We well, waited. That, we've waited. A, yeah, that's a, well. I'm just going to tell you right now. I mean, it, it looked so much like Pau Gasol to me. Um, I remember being at the game in Brooklyn when it happened. I mean, almost the way he reacted, like did it. And um, it's a, I'm just going to say it's a four to six week injury. He, he, I mean, uh, nothing is, uh, nothing is. It just uh, sucks. For sure. I mean, just, but, but he's, he's, dead. he's almost certainly out for the season. Like I said, it, he's the zip. The Dragic bam pick and roll has been their go-to play. Although he's AD their leading was, score. Yeah. AD was unbelievable against it tonight. And we waited. I, I just, I have no sense. It's like October now. Like it, I think it just became October like a minute ago. Um, we've waited so <laughs> long minutes. for this and the heat were playing so well. And yeah, they're underdogs, but they play together. They're tough. And like, we, we all deserve, and the heat deserve, we all deserve a real finals. And it, it's just such a bummer if, if, if we don't get to see, you know, the real heat, they'll compete, but it, they got to win four out of six now. And it, it's just hard to imagine them doing that if they're, if they're, you know, crippled with injury. Well, okay. So Dragic was their leading scorer. He is not a hall of famer. He is not a player, you know, he's a player who was not even a starter for them for most of the season. They can, they have some ways to cover for this. I mean, being realistic, it's not. No, not, they don't. Really. I mean, I don't think they do. I mean, it's not like, it's not like, you know, the Lakers losing LeBron, but it's, it's obviously a huge blow. He's their, he's their third best player. Um, but he's very valuable yes. offensively. Well, and Hero can Hero in the playoffs has been really good handling the ball. He just doesn't have the zip. And tonight he looked a little freaked out by all the size that was waiting for him behind those screens. And he, he looked unsteady. And that's I mean, unless they unless this Kendrick Nunn thing is is a real thing, which you know, I don't really trust him to like run as much of the offense as Dragic did, even the regular season version of Kendrick Nunn. They just – there aren't that many answers for them. I mean, the, other, the, the obvious answer is we need to see monster all-star 28-a-game Jimmy Butler, which, which really we haven't – I mean, he had a nice game tonight, but, you know, he was – yeah, I think he was their fourth-leading scorer in the conference finals. Obviously, that can't happen now. Yeah, and I, again, I don't know what his ankle is going to be, and I, I just don't know if that's who Jimmy Butler is. I don't know if that's ever been Jimmy Butler. Um... That's a hard card to be dealt. I mean, I, um, again, going back to my experience, I can remember, uh, you know, after the Cavs lost game one and they lost Kyrie Irving that night. Now, the difference there is that game was, a, was a, they lost in overtime. Um, but it was pretty clear after that game that Kyrie was going to be done. And the Cavs rallied back and won the next two games. Um, so, you know, it <laughs> – Again, again, it was a much closer series than the one team had LeBron James. Um, but it, it, it's just such a bummer. It's just such a bummer after everything that you've gone, you've gone through. And, um, you know, sometimes it's, it's, uh, it's just the nature of the game, unfortunately. I, I'll be interested to see what Eric Spolstra does, Zach, because Eric Spolstra is very, very good at making adjustments. And 
he may be able to come up with some smoke and mirrors. I'm not sure it's going to be four and six smoke and mirrors, but he may be able to come up with some smoke and mirrors that well, at least turns the, the series on its head for a little bit. And people should know we're, we're recording this literally at the buzzer of the game. You know, I'd like a chance to go back and rewatch some clips of the game. Um, I wouldn't. I have no interest in rewatching well, that. But, but uh, so I'm sure there's stuff that, you know, he will, their staff will unearth when they look at it again. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's, it's an uphill battle. And look, it, it's, the Lakers are playing great. And they are now 13 and three in the playoffs. They've been the best team in the playoffs. And, you know, they're three wins away. I and mean, what else can you say? They're three wins well, away. Gonna, could, I, could I ask you one question before we go? Yeah. I'm working on a story about this image as a LeBronologist. I'm interested in your theory. Why do you think, or maybe you don't accept this hypothesis as I've put it to several people who know LeBron. Why? So if you don't accept my hypothesis, just reject the question then. But if you do answer it, why do you think LeBron from like day one of training camp this season, which is now a year ago, more than a year ago, why do you think he bought in on defense to a level that I don't think he really did in any season since leaving Miami. Like bought in from like, I'm trying hard pretty much every possession in every game, including in some stupid game against Charlotte in December. Like that's, he, I don't care what people who are, want to say nice things about him. So he was not doing that in Cleveland. Um, and he didn't do that last season. No, he, he the, the, the style of defense that the Heat played was so exhausting that he basically took the next four years off a little bit. Um, I, I think there's a couple of reasons. Number one, I think he wanted to uh, support Frank Vogel. I think that was a huge factor uh, for LeBron this year. He made the he made it a a, a a thing that he wanted to a season priority. Number two, he knew that this Laker team now they look awesome right now. Okay, um, but at the start of the season, it wasn't clear how good they were going to be. I mean, they certainly were going to be a playoff team, but I don't, I don't know if they were going to be a four seed or a five seed. I mean, again, it's laughable now, but people were saying that back then. People in the league, not just, you know, idiot pundits, okay? Um, and I think LeBron knew that this was going to be a different situation, that he couldn't spend November, December, and January working into it as he had done for the last three, you know, four or five years. And he and I, and I also think he was incredibly invested in the success for Anthony Davis. Um, you know, it's not like, it's not like um, trading for Anthony Davis took a, a basketball savant to figure out. But LeBron basically went to the Lakers and said, trade the entire team for this guy. Trade the entire team for this guy for one year who does not have an intention to, to extend. And you have to, you know, I mean, it wasn't a massive roll of the dice, but it was a roll of the dice. And I'm going to tell you, from the day of the trade in, in uh, was it June or July? I guess June, uh, 2019. I thought was that the Lakers- June, June, like 2017. I don't know. Like when, I don't know when anything was anymore. I know. I thought the Lakers overpaid. I thought, the, I, thought, I thought that David Griffin took Rob Palenka because Anthony Davis wasn't going anywhere but L.A., and Rich Paul had done a four-month maneuver to, to knock out all of the competitors and that it, it, was, it was a closed system and that they overpaid for a guy that they were going to get anyway. And I said that it would compromise their ability to build a championship team. Uh, I didn't think they would be able to get piece three, four, five. And um, I, I said that because I had watched – the difficulty of building LeBron teams from scratch. I saw what it took for the Heat to do it. I saw what it took for the Cavs to do it. It took two years because they needed two cycles to do it. Uh, it wasn't just me being a hater. 
But damn it, Zach, I was freaking wrong because Anthony Davis is amazing and he's worth it. And yeah, they probably paid with a first round pick or a pick swap that they didn't need to pay. They probably shouldn't have given up all three of those young players. They probably should have kept one of them. Um, but you know what? I have a bedrock belief. When you win a championship, it means never having to say you're sorry. I don't, I don't like, you know, when I covered the Cavs and people were like, well, was it really worth it to do this? What about this? What about that? No, I didn't want to hear it. When you win a championship and one championship, I'm not talking about four. You don't need this, not five, not six, not seven crap. You win one championship. It is so hard to do that it is worth it. It means never saying you're sorry. And our friend Bill Simmons tries to attach asterisks and stuff to championships. I reject that out of hand. A championship is a championship is a championship. And right now, when I'm watching Anthony Davis out there put on these displays and just taking team after team that I think are pretty damn good and just taking them right to the ground and laughing the whole way and LeBron is skipping up and down the court with him, I say, what a hell of a trade. And well, I was wrong. Well, I wrote in December of last season, so that must have been December 2018, that whatever Anthony Davis trade happened, because that's when all the buzz was now coming out in the open, right? The buzz that had been in inner circles was now, was now burbling out. I said it could be the most impactful trade of any NBA player since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar um, got traded to Los Angeles. It, Anthony Davis is that good. He's still that young. And I remember writing in my trade column, they did give up too much in the sense of like, you know, if you really want to get in the weeds, like you said, there's probably a pick swap or a pick or the protections. Like New Orleans got these incredible protections that are protecting I mean, New they Orleans. got the number four overall pick. They got uh, the number four overall pick, four, three really good players and a bunch of other stuff. But, and like you said, the waters everywhere else were poisoned. Um, you know, they did a great job of that. But they be, immediately became the best two the best duo in the NBA. And uh, I remember writing something into the lines of, you know, you make the playoffs with Anthony Davis and the role he played in new Orleans, you win championships with the role that Anthony Davis is going to play in Los Angeles. And if you yet they traded too much, if you lose him in two or three years. Yeah. But if you get, if you get Anthony Davis from age 26 to 34, you trade everything you trade. I mean, you trade whatever you need to trade. If you, if they want Kuzma at the last minute, you throw Kuzma in. Like and that's essential. Getting- and I had this conversation with Rob Palinka several times during the year because he kept checking back with me. If I may violate private conversations, are you sure we? Are you sure we? We gave up too much? Well, you know. And you know, I'm gonna tell you when the when the executive of the year voting comes out, the Lakers are probably not going to be in the top two, maybe not even the top three. But I did get. I did get a few texts from people in the Western Conference tonight um, along the lines of heat culture, hashtag <laughs> heat, heat culture, learning about what life is like in the Western Conference right now. And I chuckled. I chuckled because everyone hates the Lakers, but then when the Lakers are blowing out the heat, the, the, they're the subject of joy. It was just, it just I love the well, NBA. Well, you know, people, are, people get annoyed by uh, – by heat the Riley stuff too. But um, before we go, we're going to go right now. But I'll say that people take shots at, you know, Rich Paul and Clutch Sports, all right? And it's a highly competitive business. And I've covered the NBA for 17 years. I've seen a lot of stuff. 
Clutch Sports <laughs> helped build the championship team in Cleveland. And Clutch Sports building this championship team in L.A. Well, I, just... know that, I know that Rob Palenka made the trade, but, but Clutch Sports got Anthony Davis and LeBron James in L.A. No, period. That's just, that's just true. What you just said is true. Um, there's nothing else to add that to what you said I'm just going to say that. No matter what you want to say, and there's fantastic agents out there, but for anybody who wants to say it, Look what, you know, look what happened. Look, look what's going on. Okay, right. three now more the, wins to go. Three more wins to go. I know, now the Heat will come back and win Three more wins to go. Let's not count out the Heat. The Heat are tough now as the, hell. Now they'll come back and win Maybe games there's too. a miracle recovery for Dragic. And, and, and well, that's not heat, happening. Well, the Heat will come with – there. like I said, game two or game three, unless the basketball gods would just hate us, one of those games we're going to get to the five-minute mark and the Heat are going to be in it. I, I hope. I hope. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this Hoop Collective uh, low post crossover. We'll be back with you on Friday night slash Saturday morning after uh, game two when hopefully we'll be singing a different tune just as a, someone who likes a compelling story. All right. And thanks to Doris Burke who joined us for a little bit, but then um, ran I think, into the... I think Pluto maybe kidnapped Doris Burke. Pluto, <laughs> Pluto and Goofy. I don't know what happened to Doris. She just went dark like, like, one of the, like something happened. She, she texted me. She had, a, she had a technology issue there at the arena. But um, all right, thank you, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.